Hi everyone, I'm Tara. Hi, I'm Michelle. Welcome back to our podcast Books and Beyond with Bound, season 4. Yes, and we where we speak to some of the finest writers in India and and now in the subcontinent and find out what makes them tick. Yeah, Tara and I are editors, or podcasters, storytellers. And through Bound, we help you tell your stories out into the world. I mean, this is something that both of us are super passionate about because we've been editors for a really long time. Absolutely, and and we've also built so many creative communities, right, Tara, across platforms. And we have two WhatsApp groups now. Uh, they are called Bound Writers Circle and Pod Squad. Yeah, and and I love engaging in these WhatsApp groups because you know it's. Full with so many interesting readers, writers, um, you know, and we talk about such interesting topics. There's like, it's buzzing, you know. We recently covered <laughs> yeah. the benefits of close reading in our group, and we had readers sharing pictures of their annotations, you know, highlighting sentences, debate, discussions, writing notes. Yeah, and the second group is for everyone who loves podcasts. It's all about podcasts. Those who want to listen to more podcasts, who want to start their own podcast. It's going to be amazing. Um, so you know, please feel free to join our community. The links are in the show notes. Uh, it's for anyone who loves stories. If you're a listener, reader, uh, please feel free to join. Yeah, and Tara, I mean, apart from these groups, I think this podcast is like the highlight of my day, right? And I was just checking uh, the stats, Tara. We are actually trending in eleven more countries. That's like twenty-seven in total. Wow, I can't. I believe. know, I know. I, I I checked the stats too, and what a great way to start off uh, the season. We have listeners from UK, Canada, Singapore. uh sweden and more right michelle what are the yeah, other and countries? and also and also countries like you know czech republic macedonia kyrgyzstan and i actually googled how to pronounce the name because <laughs> i had you know, never heard of these before i mean who would have imagined and if you our listeners are from one of these countries please do reach out to us you would love to feature you on our episode absolutely i'm so looking forward to one of those conversations we have over 135k downloads now uh so thank you for everyone who stuck by us and i really do hope you enjoy season 4 so uh let us now look at a listener who's been with us all throughout uh she's surbi gite she's from bangalore uh she's a product manager for easy rewards and she's a big bookworm Yeah, I mean, you know, we love people who reach out with fan mail. That is something that keeps us going. And and Surbi is one of those who messages after every episode. That's so sweet of Fatara. So what we're going to do today is after that episode, we're going to do a fun rapid a rapid fire round with Surbi. Uh, so that you know, all of you get to know her better. We get to know her better. Yeah, I'm so glad we're doing it on video. It feels amazing to you know actually look at you face to face because. You know, just to give you guys a disclaimer, we've been working from home now for over a year, so it's really good to actually see someone and converse, right? So, you know, I I'm absolutely thrilled about the season that's coming up, but we also covered so many interesting episodes in the previous season. You know, just to give our listeners a little bit of an overview, we covered writers from so many places, so many um, intense stories, stories that have you know never been heard before from places like Kashmir. Pakistan you know small villages in Goa and so many nuanced themes like class differences mental health partition and so much more but this season we have covered you know a variety of more episodes and Tara is going to tell you more about it uh we blended a lot of different topics this time from food writing to women in the army to somebody who's written an advice book on dating someone's written a book on walking through kabul we have amitav ghosh discussing his books that deal with cli- climate crisis we have kavita rao who deals with women doctors in india we have some fantastic debut fiction some very pedigreed fiction as well so we really wanted to give a holistic and different view this time into different writing styles and also different creative processes yeah um and actually all these conversations are they made me you know revisit my own writing and see how i can reinvent my style because you kind of get you know stuck into your own zone and style but all yeah. these conversations have got me thinking a lot actually yeah actually if, even for me you know because like my mind is always racing into like 100 ideas and i'm looking like i think i'm like desperate looking for like a project you know apart from work that i can hold on to um and i feel like all of these people 
have done that so well and they've contributed so much i mean just take taran khan who you know has uh, you know she's she she'll walk, she's taking the author the reader through streets of afghanistan you visit its libraries graveyards its archaeological sites and exactly. it's just an experience that you would never have right but through all these conversations we realize that something really stood out to both michelle and me that's very dear to our heart and that is the topic of how gender is navigated in books and that is what we are going to unpack today um you know we're going to talk about have things really changed how have they changed what can we do to portray gender better this episode we've also covered a lot of women doing different things we have an episode which covers you know women in the army by tanushree podar and many more interesting topics and and i really liked how uh, when we started talking about it we we narrowed it down to even indian female characters uh, written today right and and what we're going to do is we're going to analyze these indian female characters through the lens of the bechtel test now for all our listeners who you know are maybe aware of maybe have heard of the term in passing there is a cartoonist uh, by the name alison bechtel and she is uh, you know one of my role models because apparently what she did was you know uh, you know cartoonists have columns in in newspapers right they have uh, in newspapers in magazines all of that and through one of these comic strips what she did was she portrayed uh, you know two friends okay two female characters who want to watch a movie and then they decide okay so which movie do we watch and they had three uh, criterias in mind okay so it's very simple okay it goes like this so the first thing is there should be two women in the movies and they both of them should be named right now they should be having a conversation and the conversation should be about anything apart from a man right like i mean come on this sounds basic okay but what happens at the end of the cartoon strip is they do not find any movie that does that and so they end up not watching anything and that was revolutionary that started you know uh, this conversation and uh, you know it became this thing where every movie and every story became uh, you know uh, came under the scrutiny of this test or this radar and that's how stories started evolving i mean isn't that mind blowing yeah and you know it's so it, it's so funny that you would think that it would be very easy to 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 pass this test because it's literally you know two women who like us named talking about something other than a man <laughs> but you know it it's surprising how many movies how many books how many shows do not pass that test even today this test was created years and years ago yeah tara and actually you know what, what i find the most interesting in this is it actually started out with movies okay so it was just a test for movies but then it you know uh, went on to analyze books as well right and i'm a big movie buff okay i watch a lot of movies and i don't really remember the exact time when i came across this test like i'd heard of it but you know after reading more about it and after you know really understanding uh, you know the place of women in history and being more aware um in that way i think i started looking at stories in a way that i wouldn't have uh, earlier right so you know when we were in college we you know binge watch a lot of movies because our friends are watching it right it's all it's almost a, you know a very social kind of thing when you watch movies or even read books right so there are a lot of book clubs that recommend books and then you sometimes you wonder okay uh, you know why are we doing this so i took that step back and i started uh, really thinking about movies and those are really the one off but i want to move us to you know this concept of whether you know the bechdel test is really relevant even today um and how you know sometimes in shows and books uh this whole sort of portrayal of women can be very one dimensional and stereotypical even though it passes the bechdel test um you know so for example we have it sort of sort of like this trope of this independent woman has been weaponized in a way or commercialized um and i always sort of you know post this on twitter and always think about it because nowadays the definition of a independent successful woman is always one type of person you know she is this promiscuous sort of and there's nothing wrong with that but it doesn't represent um and since we're speaking about representation you know it doesn't represent all of us today you know she is promiscuous she smokes she drinks um and and that is sort of associated with uh being a certain way i am independent you know i don't smoke i don't drink 
you know, where, where am I on screen? Where am I in books? Um, and I feel like books are actually, uh, you know, taking sort of books are actually a better base for women to be represented than movies, especially with the kinds of writing that we're seeing coming out of India today. You know, whether it's Amrita Mahale's Milk Teeth, which had a, a women reporter, you know, the, the, and she purposely chose that profession for her woman character as a civics beat reporter so that the character could roam around the cities. And that was a purposeful choice by her, which I found very interesting that these women writers are making these sort of uh, purposeful choices to really say something about, you know, or, or break boundaries in a way. No, absolutely. Really, really good point. It, and, and, you know, what this also makes me think about, Tara, is is when whenever a female writer ends up writing good male characters, okay, like, you know, the, you know, the male gaze, and they're always uh, complimented in a way that, oh my God, like, how could a woman write a male character that well, right? So I recently read... Um, a very interesting article on Scroll, actually, by Ipshita Nath, who's the author of uh, The Rickshaw Reveries. And she said that, you know, because she wanted to portray Delhi, she wanted to portray a certain, you know, vibe of Delhi being very patriarchal. She had to do that. But then she would love to have a world where, you know, masculine and feminine uh, genders or identities are just mixed up. You know, I think I think these binaries also that we set are really, really difficult at times, right? Really problematic. But do you think that the Bechdel test needs to be updated? Because I really feel like, you know, it's bare minimum nowadays. Don't you think that this is something that, you know, we need to upgrade it? Absolutely. That is just the first step, right? Always you take something, you take an idea, uh, you know, that is revolutionary, but then, you know, you... Uh, make uh, changes to it, you adapt to it. And I think in a world, honestly, in, in the 21st century, where everything is fluid, where everything is, you know, evolving at such a pace where, you know, where, where Instagram uh, is changing probably every second, right? Like, you know, probably in the next moment, reels won't be relevant anymore. I think we really need something that needs to be updated, but it's always a good checkpoint to go back to. So for me, the way the Bechtel test has worked is it's not something that is rigid or it's not like a black and white test, but it always, you know, gives me food for thought. It makes me think about the female characters a little more. And I also think about the the books that do not pass this test, uh, but which are not necessarily problematic. You know, we always say that books that pass that do not pass this test you know movies that do not pass this test they are somehow bad you know or they're not doing a good job what about the books in which the whole point you know of the book was to portray a certain reality which is centered around uh you know the female relationship with men um in a historic especially this happens a lot in a historical context right so we have characters like i love um Indu Sundarsan's books, which basically talk about, you know, Mughal wives, right? So they are always operating within the context of the relationships in the harem, in the zanana, and they're always talking about, you know, men. Uh, same with Chitra Banerjee's Rani Jindan. She's a very powerful, you know, feminist warrior woman. But, you know, we enter her story and we are navigated through her story because through her relationships with men men are how she got power and that is simply a function of historical context so i found it very interesting also that we can't apply these sort of stamp or sticker on everything because everything has to be taken into its historical context i would like to differ with uh, your thoughts slightly because one thing that stayed with me throughout was how she navigated the female uh, power hierarchy in in there because she was the youngest queen right so there were so many conversations that happened you know through other women through other helpers in the court in in the palace where they were talking about mundane things like duties like what they had to do and that had nothing to do with men of course the man was at the back of the mind right so it is it is problematic definitely it has this this um, agenda that you need to get a man's attention in order to do all these things but there were so many interesting conversations that happened that really made me think about how women navigate households right you cannot yeah. get work done until you 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 know um, navigate a woman's space and I think even exploring that right like what is a woman's space is it just a kitchen is it just you know the ordinary duties that you have to do so it did make me think about all of these things I, I feel like 
you know it isn't problematic because you're actually portraying something in its reality and i think that you know and this brings you to a larger question of what are the themes what are the topics what what is problematic in literature itself um and we had a very interesting conversation with anubha when we spoke about this in her episode uh, because she is portrayed very sensitive topics uh, you know like suicide etc and you know we asked her do, do does your book need a sensitivity reader you know what do you think about writing about these sort of uh, topics which can uh, you know come with trigger warnings and she said you know it's a reflection of the society it's in so i find it's very different for somebody who is writing as a reflection of society versus writing a very sort of uh very sort of contrived book about you know maybe that you know we would have seen 20 years ago about a romance where you know they only speaking about men written by a male character um so that's where i really think the difference is whether they focus on the bechdel test or not i think is irrelevant but i think what is relevant is the sense of agency you know that these authors instill their women characters and their women figures with even though they operating in a scenario where the man is the king or the man is like you know exactly. i have to get to that's the man what... to like get my power you know the man will see if i'm the top begum or not it makes me think about how women are portrayed in crime and i often or you know i've noticed of course i'm not a huge uh, crime buff and you know i'm sure our listeners big crime fans would probably differ with me and i would love to know other points of view but i've noticed that because um, you know crime like any other genre is male dominated you have you know uh, mafia as men uh, criminals as men women are always the victims and i've always seen this in movies and books where women are objectified right women are raped women are killed and and you know we are always on on the back seat but i have noticed things change in a way which you know i think it it it's definitely it can improve tara but i really like to see women in power so and you know there are books also like uh, lullaby by dila slimani which talks about a nanny who raises her children and then you know suddenly she she kills them and then and and it's actually based on a true story so i was reading a lot of these reports based on it and a lot of people said you know one thing that stood out was how can a woman do this and and talking about an indian book that actually you know covers a very male sphere tara i think mafia queens of mumbai by jane borges really really i would say for me it was a, a complete game changer because i never thought of women as being part of a mafia honestly like like for me you know you know that uh, the feeling that you could instill fear in somebody the way men do i mean i know i sound <laughs> i sound evil but i i found that book um, revolutionary in that way so there's gender parity for criminality and violence in women too i find that very funny so you know the woman who commits the crime she's always portrayed as uh you know hysterical you know if you think of characters like gone girl or you think of characters like the girl on neurotic the right yeah yeah or girl girl in the window you know they always sort of these like sad neuro uh, sort of you know and they're helpless in their own way even though they are the sort of agents uh they are very much victims and that's why they're agents and i find that trope actually that's happening right now in crime i mean it makes a very interesting reading but you know it's sort of type casting uh the kind of woman who acts out or the kind of you know woman who becomes a murderer like i think you mean if they have issues then they would react in a certain way and yeah. a show that actually you know doesn't do this which i think you know uh, really portrays you know uh things in a very nuanced way because i feel like some of these characters can lose their nuance uh but i feel like a show that does this really well is dirty betty actually which is the story of uh you know a housewife who ends up killing her husband uh and it really does sort of like make you empathetic towards the character uh and it's not just sort of like in like i felt like gone girl was very intriguing in the way that like she was portrayed and you could not relate at all but i felt like dirty betty did portray the character as a human more than a stereotype so i feel like that is something to look out for in the crime genre 
Yes, I have noticed that mental health issues are used, um, you know, as a, as this propelling point in order for them to even act and do something uh, later on. One book, um, of course, this is not by an Indian writer, but I I would you know love to talk about it because it really made me think about how women characters are written, right? So there's this book called Under the Skin by Michelle Faber, and it's also a very famous movie starring uh, Scarlett Johansson. But uh, that's aside. The point is. This character, Tara, when I read it, right, like I, I'm, I'm not kidding you. I, I literally like flipped uh, back to the, like the, you know, the book jacket and I kept seeing, is it really a male writer? Because the way he's written it, I, I felt, um, you know, that, that very few writers are able to do that in fiction. So just to give you an overview of her character, she is actually not a human. Okay. And I found that so fascinating because for me, that was more relatable than any other, you know, human character. So she's an alien. She, she's come to earth. She's just going about her duty. So, you know, but the way she's, she's shown that, you know, it, it's kind of, um, it, it's a satire because it kind of falls into place of what all we are talking about today because you know we all have stereotypes right we are all boxed into things and it's shown that even an alien who who dresses up as a female falls into that Tara so I I loved that aspect I love that you know that satire where you show that you know no matter where you go on earth you will fall into these you know these boxes because there's a lot of conversation about you know whether men can write women, you know, authentically, and this book certainly seems to do that, uh, or whether, you know, there are certain problems and vice versa. So what do you think? So I think, um, that I see the person that I am, I always pick a book for its plot. Okay, I always first see whether, you know, the story appeals to me, the character's journey appeals to me, whether it's written by, a, you know, woman, a man or by a non-binary character. That's that's not something that's a criteria for me. But yes, I have noticed differences in the way, you know, authors approach work, right? So I would like to mention one book by Sanjeev Sahota. Of course, his his latest book, China Room, was uh, you know, long-listed for the booker. But I actually loved his uh, book, The Year of the Runaways. And one reason is, of course, uh, you know, the just to give our listeners context, the book is about uh, migrants who go to the UK to work. So I'm, you know, generally interested in, in these narratives, you know, migrants going to another place to work. Um, but what I liked about it was there is this female character okay, called Narinderji in the book. And the way he's written it, it really uh, felt like he's understood the character in and out. And the reason I'm saying this is Tara, you know, in, in the book, she follows the spiritual journey, okay, which I haven't seen other female characters uh, being portrayed through literature, right? Of course, they everyone has their own journey, own struggles. But the way he's done it with this character was really, really um, different. And I do think that, you know, men can write good female characters as long as they do their research, right? Of course, there's no way of, you know, finding out or of validating. I do think that, you know, men can write good female characters and he's a great example. But that doesn't go for all books written by men. I find that a lot of books written by men which portray female characters are problematic uh, in the way that firstly, I find a lot of, in terms of looks, because I find more proportionally in books written by male authors, the woman is always, you know, very attractive, has a very good body. And there is this trope of this manic pixie dream girl that sometimes comes up, you know, where the woman character is sort of idolized, um, is portrayed as someone who's going to save the man. Um, All of these tropes do end up coming in. Okay, so I think uh, we've covered very uh, interesting spheres from history to crime to men writing about women. And and this, you know, I think the natural progression is, is you know, romance, because uh, come on, right? Like, I mean, we all look for love stories. It doesn't matter which genre it is in, we always look for love stories. But then I, I'm really interested in exploring this particular genre of romance, right? So there's romance writing, and, and there are so many stereotypes within the, the genre, right? So I've... It's like, you know, there's uh, Mills and Boons came out with so many, so many books. And then uh, I remember a reader telling me that, uh, Michelle, why does a man always have to be aggressive to be attractive? And I said, I don't know. That's a trope, right? So it's very interesting how how writers nowadays are, you know, changing things. So Tara, have you read any book in in the rom-com genre that made you think about these stereotypes differently? 
I find romance the most interesting topic to speak about when we speak about these things because it inherently does deal with relationships, um, and that is very interesting. And it was sort of historically the most problematic genre when it comes to you know things like Mills and Boons, as you mentioned, or romantic comedies, because this is the place where your stereotypes were really perpetuated. And I wonder. uh i have come across a few books but i wonder if the genre as a whole has moved be is moving or has managed to move beyond these stereotypes uh while at the same time retaining the flavor of you know the romcom uh one book that i think does this really well is three impossible wishes by anmol malik uh because it is a romcom at the end of the day but it's so much more than that because it's sort of couched in this coming of age journey that this character is going through where she is finding out you know what she wants to do she decides she doesn't want to do accounting you know she has hobbies she has friends there's a lot of funny incidents and through that all the romance is wielded so nowhere is this girl you know a damsel in distress nowhere also is she you know the weird nerdy you know there's like certain tropes that you know that 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 you know writers use and she's sort of her own person i know anmol personally it reminded me a lot of anmol herself uh and i found that is very refreshing take you know on books i have come across books also that sort of pander to these stereotypes as well um another book that was very very interesting to me was the book paper moon by rihana monid uh that book was really quite an interesting one to think about and i don't know the answer because that book sort of focuses on this woman who's running a bookstore so it's all about you know her ambition for the bookstore and but through the prism of the bookstore uh we are taken through her romances with these two love interests which are competing with one another now all of it is around the love interest it's more love than even anmol's book but it has this bookstore as their engine and her ambition as a engine that chugs along one writer that i would love to mention because we are talking about romance and you know indian romance is andali wajid so she has literally taken romantic stories and she's you know given them feminist roles and i i love that i think she's changed the way uh, indian romance is being written that's so why i'm you know i just turned 30 and i recently read her book um turning 30 where but you know it's it's written in a way which is i would say accessible to everyone just like just like any other romance uh, book but they these women have their own journeys they have their own ambition they are they are women who you know want to find their voice in life they they want to just basically do their job well you know they have a job they want to just do it well so i find that so relatable and so realistic and of course feminist in a way right because it's their uh, identity but it's nobody still a else. romance yes and and it's like anmol's book as well okay so i really you know think that it brings us back to the question or you know do we need to upgrade the bechdel test is the bechdel test really important um and now i want to bring us to the question of you know even if we do pass the bechdel test can it still be problematic uh because this goes so much beyond you know it's evolved so much beyond this base minimum criteria one thing that you know that comes to mind tara is i have noticed this trend where uh, women are are shown in 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 you know um AI, right? So there's artificial intelligence. There are a lot of sci-fi uh, movies, right? Which, which, um, in their own way, they kind of show that there's this world. Uh, yes, you can probably say dystopian or utopian. Uh, Tara, it's always the women's voice that that comes across. Uh, you know, um, uh, be it all these pre-recorded instructions that come out, and and one show that comes to mind is Squid Game, which is a very popular uh, show right now. I was heartbroken to not see. any woman in power which is which is uh, you know good in a way because it's a very evil <laughs> evil plot so the voice want... was the voice yes. of the thing was woman yes so all the instructions the very the brutal the cold instructions that were given to the participants were all in this very soft sweet feminine voice and my god that just got me so annoyed and i wondered you know why why is this always yeah. you know w- women are given this this Uh, a very um i'll say narrow role you know because there's no face there's no name it's just a voice right you're reduced to a voice yeah 
yeah that's actually quite interesting i wonder why they do that i'm thinking of even uh, the movie her which was a fantastic movie which is you know uh, wakin phoenix falls in love with his ai who's voiced by scarlett johansson and uh, she has a very attractive voice um, and and she's great for you know an ai that uh, it's very interesting uh, you know how women's voices are also sort of used um i also want to talk about you know speaking of things that do pass the bechdel test but are problematic uh nowadays i've seen this trend of reversing roles especially in romantic comedies so there's this movie that came out called he's all that uh which is a remake of the movie she's all that and basically the premise is that uh the popular kid takes an unpopular nerd as a bet and makes them one of the most popular kids in class and gets them elected to make over make over yeah. right so in she's all that the unpopular girl was uh, unpopular kid was the girl and in he's all that the unpopular kid is the guy and the girl is the one who's sort of doing all of this but you know it still doesn't pass the bechdel test it's still about sort of like romance and it's still a lot about like all of that except that the woman has gotten power and it made me think you know we're not speaking about power here you know we we don't want women to be i feel like there's a mistake that we don't want women to be more powerful than men or less powerful you know it makes me think of this book called the power which basically it basically it won the women's prize and it basically explores what happens when women what would happen it's fiction if women actually sort of took over the world and she explores it and she said not good because if women are on top and men on bottom there's still somebody who subjugated and there's still problems so i feel like this rever- role reversal that's happening right now you know i don't know i find that quite quite an interesting phenomenon i get it but i i'm not quite sure if it works yeah and i and i feel uh, adding to that are are you just okay with that kind of role reversal like why we can be much more than that right the answer is not just to flip what's already been happening and to say that oh like okay so if there's a male vice president now we have a female vice president yeah it's equal right it's not that it's it's also about i think looking at how um you know women can be much more than that that is that is where it's problematic right they they kind of you know take something that's already there and just flip it and say okay yeah but now i think women should be happy um i also want to talk about you know all of these like guilty pleasures because i you know though we're talking about the bechdel test and we're talking about you know what is problematic what is not problematic stereotypes i watch all of it i'm not going to lie i am a romcom queen so i have literally seen all of the romcoms you know uh, and i'm very like i love it you know i i know i recently rewatched twilight which is like so shit because you know the the the, the main character she doesn't have any ambition she doesn't have any friends she doesn't want to go to college she doesn't want to get an education but something about the story is very interesting So I watched it fully well knowing that you know this is not a role like, model because you like vampires no <laughs> I just found it like fun you know like it's like a trashy it. fun but I am a person who understands that this this girl is not a role model you know that she doesn't I'm watching it and I'm cringing I'm saying you don't have friends you don't have I'm just wondering you know what do like yeah because I was just researching you know Instagram they have put out a study where they have they themselves have noted the the bad aspects of their program for teenage girls so i'm just wondering you know like even though these stories are entertaining what is our like it comes back to the question we always talk yeah. about what is our like responsibility to convey gender and to convey body image and to convey mm-hmm. women in a responsible way imagine if we grew up uh, amidst uh, you know that kind of social media culture where you have to do certain things in order to fit in right of course we had our own uh, things own problematic things like i remember uh, pasting pics of miss worlds on on the on the bedroom on on my bedroom wall so of course we I loved have... i used to love miss world <laughs> i used to watch it religiously exactly same here right like i mean it does make you think that how it influences us you know our body image and all of that right because they're perfect um and, and it makes you think about how beauty is, is all subjective but yes i totally agree that today's generation is 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 uh, i would say exposed to a whole different level of of you know um or pressure 
uh, that way. But but one thing I wanted to um, you know uh, address also, Tara, is you know we are we are talking about um, representing women, uh, you know, for who they are, right? But it also makes me think: what if you don't have the resources to do that? So so there was this documentary that I recently saw. Uh, it's called Women with Transistors, and it's about the first women who who really um, I would say created sound, created music, and I did not know that, right? Because it's again a space where you think it's you know men men have always been a part of it. But yes, when you talk about engineering, when you talk about sound, music, and and all of this, you know, entertainment industry, you always think about men. But that documentary really made me think about you know how many um, women have me missed out on on including in, in our you know history books or I'll say even including in uh, uh, in in archives just because we don't have the resources so all were you know the whole documentary was based on footage that they had black and white footage but what if you don't have them and yeah. we probably you know like we were speaking to Kavita Rao who's documented the first lady doctors and this topic came up a lot in that conversation because she said that you know I wanted to include you know more details I wanted to include more doctors and there just wasn't enough information and you know even to find the information for the nine lady doctors that she did come across she said it was hard I mean she took us through it and you know it just makes you think that like it, I just hope in the future that you know our stories and I think that is the case uh, that you know future historians will be able to record the stories of women because I think we are coming out and you know yes. recording our own stories a lot yes. more. No, and, and that makes me think that are probably 20 years down the line, people will come up with another test, something, you know, like an imp- improvised version of the Bechdel test because our times calls for it, right? I want to ask you, what do you think about fairy tales? I, again, love all <laughs> the fairy tales, you know. I'm not going to lie. I've loved them. I've watched them over and over again. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, you don't realize that they can be toxic. I just recently rewatched Cinderella. Again, no friends. No ambition, no college. Yeah, uh, and she's a victim. Yeah, like I have a very close relationship with Disney cartoons because I uh, grew up, uh, you know, so uh, my childhood was in Bahrain and it was pretty uh, boring and lonely. I always envied my cousins back in India who had a lot of friends, like, you know, where, where, where they play in groups, right? So I did not. So I grew up on these Disney cartoons. Like I have watched, I think, like more than probably 50 to 100 times each, each Disney cartoon. So that would be Beauty and the Beast, right? The common ones where you have a lot of remakes nowadays, um, Cinderella and um, uh, 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 The Little Mermaid, right? Now, all of them, Tara, if you notice, it's always at the end. Uh, yeah, and Sleeping Beauty. It's always... Uh, the prince that has to come to their rescue, right? So later on, when I read tropes about tropes and all of that, I realized it's a damsel in distress trope, right? I did not even know that something like that existed. And then I, my whole childhood changed for me. I said, oh, Michelle, did you really, you know, like just um, uh, spend all of your childhood looking at stories about women who are helpless, who just need a man? And, and uh, so uh, another thing that I learned, uh, two things that I learned, uh, Tara, that made me uh, rethink these classics was uh, Beauty and the Beast apparently was Stockholm Syndrome, where, you know, um, a, a woman is uh, kidnapped, but then because they are, uh, the abductor is so kind to them that they kind of uh, misconstrue that for love and kindness. So that made me look at that differently. And another thing was Sleeping Beauty, like, duh, it's consent. <laughs> I had never thought about consent. I was I was just so fascinated by the fact that the prince will come and kiss her and she'll wake up, you know, it's kind of, but it really makes you uh, think about how problematic it was for women. I agree with you, Michelle. Like I loved it, watched it like a lot. And then sort of like somewhere in my teens, I think like my bubble burst, you know, and we grew up. I watched all... I watched, you know, Clueless, 13 Going on 30, Mary-Kate and Ashley, name it, I'm on it. And you don't even realize you're getting brainwashed. I remember when I was 13, I went through very low self-esteem because, you know, all I wanted was a boyfriend. (laughs) And all I wanted was to look pretty, you know, and that was it. Yeah, no, it does. I think, um, uh, you know, the whole um, way in which love or in in, in the way in which I think um, validation is portrayed in these, you know, in these cartoons and cartoons, especially because we have, we're at a very vulnerable age, right? Tara, you're not at that age to understand whether it's right or wrong. You're just fed all this information. And then you grow up and you see rom-coms that 
reinforce these stereotypes. Yeah, and then you, all you want is a boyfriend. <laughs> I yeah, so I, you know, I think our concept of love, our concept of romance is heavily influenced by all these things. So it really makes you wonder, you know, had we not grown up with all these things, I think our idea of love would have been very different, right? Don't But I feel like we've made pretty good. I don't think so, Michelle. I think we made pretty good progress in un sort of learning, which yeah, maybe the younger, yes, yeah, good point. Maybe the younger generation doesn't need to unlearn, but I feel like we are at a point where we have mm. learned, and then we have unlearned. Though I have, I I don't know what to say about Instagram. You know, it's just so toxic for young women today. Uh, that's another whole one-hour episode. Really? Yeah. But yeah. I want to speak about female friendships, uh, because a big part of the Bechdel test is about you know, do two women speak about anything other than men and you know what about female friendship and it talk, think makes me think about sex in the city which is again one of my favorite shows yes now you guys all know my what i watch uh love that show love it and it's about female friendship but they only talk about men um i think it's also like the level of acceptance each of the characters is very different um and they all sort of accept each other's quirks and differences like samantha's like really promiscuous and charlotte is kind of a prude you know and yet they're like best friends and and i really like that like how close they were they were with each other for everything and that's sort of like also aspirational and idealistic and of course new york city uh, and all of these things as well uh, but you know it's really funny because could talk about stereotypes you know anyone who's a fan of the show they'll always ask you are you carry are you miranda samantha or charlotte and i'm like bit of both bit of all like you know <laughs> Yeah, no, and that reminded me of Friends. Actually, like I know that uh, you know Friends has its own problematic things, but one thing about female friendship there was how uh, you know Monica and um, um, wow, I just went Rachel, yes, Rachel. Rachel. I was going to call Jennifer. <laughs> yeah, okay. So it, it, what I really liked about uh, you know Monica and Rachel's friendship is is how again they are poles apart, right? She's obviously she's shown, of course, they're in their own stereotypes, right? Where Monica is a control freak, she cooks well, and and um, uh, Rachel is you know a fashion fashionista and and judgmental in her own way. But I really liked how they show that two very different people can just bond because they are females, right? That 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 essence of female friendship, I think, is something that that transcends personality. right so usually when i when i pick friends i obviously go for personality right if the person is kind of if like me even if your interests don't match um it's okay because probably you know you'll find topics to talk about but i think what's interesting in all these shows or or even in books right so if you talk about a uh, recent book stara um edina ferranti in, in her whole uh, neopolitan novels and and with i think a lot of contemporary writers so i think you loved your um my year of rest and relaxation by otessa moshfeg where she where she has this main character and her best friend who keeps you know coming to her house i think they have taken female friendship to a level uh, you know where they've trying to show that that person is there for you right you know that no matter what you go through in life that person is there i think that's something that i really admire um i also want to ask you you know like what about those female friendships that sort of like again are problematic you know like uh the fat best friend you know the female fat best friend who's always oh very jovial who sort of like you know has a role to play yeah, and yeah. and also in addition to that are the gay best friend that is something that really annoys me so are you a betty or a veronica <laughs> <laughs> so uh growing up i've read a lot of archies uh, tara and definitely among betty and veronica um i wanted to be betty because she was always shown as this girl who's you know cute hot but also nice in a way i don't know because i was very small you Same. know when i read this and and what was with veronica didn't didn't they show her um, in this very uh, uh, didn't they like slut shame her which i find very uh, very problematic yeah. right i think didn't they they, i mean that? like yeah i think they did do that but they sort of showed her as this like very like spoiled like hot girl right um, this temptress and, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But another, uh, but you know, uh, another show comes to mind, Tara. The Scooby Doo. Okay, so there are these two girls who are who are quite opposite of, of each other, right? So, so basically, one girl is super smart. She is the nerd. She finds all the answers to to all the mysteries that come up, and another girl is always just looking for the guy's approval. She's hot. She's smart. And you know, I all you know, 
I admitted I wanted to be the uh, you know good looking one. I wanted to be the, the hot, hot one. one. <laughs> yeah, because because she gets all the attention of the guy. Okay. But at the same time, you know, even though I was quite young when I watched the show, it did make me think about why should a girl, a smart girl be portrayed as a nerd, right? Why should she be wearing big glasses, always be the one to just, you know, uh, find out the answers. I have another thing, which I used to really identify with. The nerd is an ugly duckling who always becomes really beautiful, like Princess Diaries or like, you know, other. And I, I like thought that that's my life story because like even I was like, uh, like and I had glasses and things and then I got a makeover and then I like became like pretty and everything I mean like I got started getting more attention or whatever <laughs> but like it's like why do we have to put ourselves exactly. into these like life stories exactly. or, like, why are we focusing so much on like all of these things when we can be focusing and I feel like today's generation maybe like we're speaking really like old people but maybe they're focusing on like you know in their teenagers planting trees you know <laughs> Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's what yeah yeah no definitely and and another very very popular show i really want to mention is kuch kuch hota hai uh, tara because uh, you know this rani mukherjee being the very pretty one and, and kajol being the tomboy so the tomboy doesn't get the guys attention that's stuck in my head for such a long in, time that's another know? stereotype the tomboy exactly. exactly and 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 why why doesn't the tom like you know why can't um, they show that a man is attracted to a tomboy right she's as feminine as as any other uh, woman and and this stereotype kept repeating so there was another movie i think it was um mehuna so this this girl um, amrita yes. rao she has this makeover you you remember that time yes, the scene yes, where yes. her sari blows in the wind and oh my god i'm like when will bollywood grow up <laughs> but let really? i just want to end with like speaking about a few more recommendations so like one yes. film that i've loved is hidden figures because it was about those three black women who worked in nasa um and it just showed the reality so well so beautifully what are some other books you know that you would like to recommend so um one author that i always recommend to everybody is janvi barua i have been following her work for a very long time of course she's her book was recently um undertow was uh, you know last year i think it was long listed for the jcb prize but um i discovered her work when i was in bangalore so i think it's around 7 to 8 years back i've read all her work but i will say that in undertow what she did uh, with with the female protagonist about somebody who's who's really gutsy who wants to just go out there go into the forest and and you know and she's a she's a wildlife enthusiast so you know and i i love uh, wildlife all of that but i do think it involves a lot of courage and a whole you know different grit uh, to be part of your system and she's shown this girl is very um Uh, you know very sure about what she wants in life but the most interesting aspect is her dynamic with her mother and i think mother daughter relationships is something uh, i've noticed in indian fiction which is which is an upcoming thing so in madhuri vijay's um, book afar field uh, you know that was again a thread then in, in girl in white cotton by avni doshi there was a thread and i think more recently even uh, illuminated by anandita ghosh so i do f- i i am noticing a certain pattern uh with indian female writers focusing on mother daughter relationships but they are all done very differently yes that they're all very like. different yeah i wonder what yeah. it is about the mother daughter relationship very fascinating um i love sonia falero's work i think she is one of the best authors today uh she's written a book called beautiful thing which i've spoken about before as well on this podcast which follows you know the lives of bar dancers in india and her book the good girls follows you know the uh the 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 death of these two girls young girls in uttar pradesh and you know she's spent around 5 years touring these villages you know speaking to people and uncovering what actually happened uh and for a woman to sort of do that to go into a, you know area which is so patriarchal is amazing another one that comes to mind is tara koshal who did a whole book on you know why why indian men rape and she actually spoke to some of these people you know and these are women who are sort of traversing boundaries uh, and accessing spaces that you know might have been closed off to them a few years ago 
Yeah, I mean, I I think uh, if Tara and I keep talking about this, we can go on for hours, right? There's so much food for thought, and and it really um um gets us thinking in, in so many directions. Uh, what we would love from all of you uh, listeners is if you let us know whether you know we have missed out any uh, any book that really pushes um you know boundaries in a way that hasn't been done before, or even those books that are uh, you know borderline uh, woke, but but it 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 does make you think in in different ways. And now for a very special section as we had promised we are going to speak to surbhi gite from bangalore yay hi welcome welcome surbhi so thank you th- so much this is our fun get to know her uh, round that we thought uh, would be very interesting for our listeners as well so through this round we are not just getting to know you but you know everyone else all our listeners all over the world will be getting to know you as well so welcome Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I I mean I've been in love with the podcast since forever, <laughs> and now to be in one of the episodes, I'm super super thrilled. Thanks. We are we're really thrilled too, and thank you so much for being such a loyal listener. <laughs> so let's let's begin. So you know we found out a bit about you. We know that you're a product manager in Bangalore. So um, I'm always very interested in how people read. You know where do they find the time to read? So you must be having a very hectic schedule. So where and how do you make the time for reading? Okay. So yeah, right. I am into products and I work for a, a startup that works around that centered around CRM and loyalty, etc. So it's a very hectic, very hectic um, schedule that I usually have. But uh, I think people tend to find time for things that they absolutely love, and I've always found comfort and solace in reading. So much to the dismay of my colleagues, I carry my Kindle to office, and I live in Bangalore, so it's pathetic traffic here. So I always have an audio book handy. I, you know, whenever I'm traveling to work or traveling back to home after work, I'm always listening to an audio book. And also, you know, I like sneaking in a few lines here and there between work, so that you know, it's it's my break time. You're talking about Bangalore took me back to my uh, you know college days. So, and everyone keeps telling me how bad the traffic is. So I can imagine, but it's see in a way you do get to read yeah, uh, during true, your um, travel time. Right? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> also, uh, Surbi, we got to know that you're a tree hugger, which is which is quite <laughs> an interesting uh, thing. So, so can you tell us more about this special feature? You know, when did this start? When did your love for trees really start? I am obsessed with plants. I just love plants so much. You know, right now on my desk I have five, and even in my office desk I have a lot of plants. And I just love taking care of them. And you know, believe it or not, I believe in the philosophy that plants grow better if you talk to them, if you name them, if you you know have a very healthy sort of a conversation with them. I believe that too. You know, because like they are oh, living God. things, and we don't know yeah, the kind of absolutely. forces that might be there. Um, you know, and we are. You know, we always think that we're apart from nature and we are better than nature, but we are a product of nature. Absolutely. We're very much part of it. So. That's cool. Yeah. I, I like this stone tree hugger. <laughs> yeah, and even that applies to animals too. So my parents never allowed me a pet, but in Bangalore, whenever it rains, it rains like crazy. So there was a time when in my in my room, I had two cats, seven kittens, and one injured pigeon. All of them at the same time because it was raining so heavily, and they needed my help. Come on, so <laughs> I remember uh, when I was a kid, there was a. Um, um a eagle had eagle had like sort of like dropped a baby chick oh. into the compound of my building yeah so like i remember really? like oh that sounds it. scary yeah, i was like obsessed <laughs> with it i remember like feeding it it was injured it didn't last very long but yeah totally relate so but we want to know you know uh, which books made you a bookworm okay so um i think i've always been a reader big time reader i think and i was one of those kids you know who pestered their parents to tell them a bedtime story before they sleep and my parents happily obliged and uh, i started picking up chanda mama and champak and all those comic books every month so i used to stock up on all those books and that's how i started reading and then i discovered ingrid boyton and I, and i went mad i went crazy i read everything <laughs> everything by her even though you know whatever later i realized that she might not be a very great author but i used to love those books so much and nancy drew i was smitten by nancy drew i think the the, the nancy drew stories made me the reader that i am today i i thought she was such a brave girl fighting all odds and everything and that was really inspiring and little women was you know i read the abridged version as a kid and i think you know it, it it's one of the best books out there i just love it 
and harry potter was also a huge huge part of my childhood so yeah all of these books had a, think, they have a very special yeah. place Yeah, I think there's so many uh, similarities. Like for me, those were the first books as well. You know, I used to borrow yeah. them from my library. Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, coming back to uh, books and our podcast, uh, Surbi, because you know you're so sweet. You write every week with you know such lovely <laughs> comments. Ah, uh, we were curious. You know, how did you first hear about books and beyond? Right. So, like I mentioned, uh, my so even though my office and my uh, home are not very far off, it takes me about one point five to two hours in just traveling, and that's how I discovered podcasts overall in general. And I started exploring bookish content. So, I think last year in twenty twenty April, I was reading uh, Bombay Baljao, and uh, Spotify randomly recommended me one episode by the two of you, in which you were interviewing Jane. and i went crazy i thought wow this is perfect and that's how i started listening that was the first episode that i listened to and it was so serendipitous because after that i picked up a girl in white cotton and i think uh, one or two episodes later you both interviewed uh, abhi oh, doshi wow so it was really meant to be <laughs> absolutely and that's even so even remnants of a separation when you were interviewing achal malhotra i was reading remnants no so way was, wow we are meant to be <laughs> and you and, and and what i really love about books and beyond is you 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 pick books and authors so meticulously and so wonderfully that you know each book i if i've not read that book i want to read it and if i am reading it it's great <laughs> thank thank you so much but i really want to know from you which three writers would you love us to interview and why which we've not interviewed um okay so can i include like authors outside of india and this go for it go for it so all right so i think um, this this is the kind of answer this will change after half an hour if you ask me again but um, i think i love sudha murthy not just for her writing but overall the person that she is and i think you should definitely interview her she is amazing i would love to interview her and i think elif shafaq Oh, so we have a treat coming for you. We actually oh God, interviewed Sudha Murthy, yeah, and it's going to come out in season four. That's <laughs> yeah. amazing! I'm so excited already. And I think Elif Shafak, um, I I love how beautifully she writes about her country, and and her stories have so much substance in it. I think it will make for a great conversation. And Elizabeth Acevedo, I think she's awesome. I've read two of her books, and I've read them both on audio. and i think she emotes very well so again i think that would be a great discussion yeah and we shafaq and i would love to interview her exactly so now we're going to do a signature rapid fire round Yay. with you surbi and you've told us that you really enjoy uh, the rapid fires that we do together so now for a change it will be you okay great. so uh, one thing that you learned during the pandemic okay so i learned to appreciate the bollywood movies of 70s and 80s i was a huge skeptic but my parents made me sit down and watch a lot of them so yeah that's one thing and i also rekindled my love for dancing i learned kathak for a brief period so yeah i love that i also learned kathak for oh, around wow. 11 to 12 years yeah i stopped it around 5 to 6 years ago would love to start it again all right so which book would you recommend to someone who's having a bad day okay so i recently read uh, a book called dial a for aunties which is a complete laugh riot i absolutely i think you both should read it i think you will love it it's amazing just give it a go and i think um, anything by ruskin bond tales of foster ganj anything on those lines would be awesome and also the hitchhiker hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy it's my favorite book of all time and great recommendation <laughs> okay so which uh, movie have you seen over 5 times okay So um, the Devil Wears Prada is one movie I watched a lot more times that I would like to admit, and uh, I love Barfi. I think it's a great, great, great movie. And Dhamal is my guilty pleasure. <laughs> it's a great movie. I think so, it is underrated. Yeah. No, I think I and me, you know, I love rewatching movies also because every time that I watch it, I notice something different, right? So it's right. it's a very interesting process to rewatch or reread. Yeah. You always get something different, you know. Like Absolutely. every time you yeah. watch your favorite movies, Devil Wears Prada is also one of my all-time favorite movies. Um, yeah. And, and, even... and every Christmas, I rewatch The Holiday. Oh, I love The Holiday. Oh. <laughs> I've seen that also yeah. like so many times. Best yeah. movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's also about certain times when you watch it, right? It's the yeah. mood you're in, and that yeah, that right. sets a whole evergreen okay. movies. Okay. So yeah, our last uh, rapid-fire question for you is: What do you love to do when no one is watching? This is tricky. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh all right. 
so i think i really like to uh, put my speaker to full volume and dance to some really questionable music like item numbers i like we have all been i do that a lot <laughs> and i like yeah. scribbling you know cute animal caricatures like random doggo pictures i do that a lot but i do that alone and no one's watching because again they are also very questionable <laughs> right so, so uh, it that. was it was such a pleasure uh, finding out all these things about you sulbe but i heard that you have some rapid fire questions I for do. us I <laughs> oh my god okay so bring it on so this one i want both of you to answer what is that one book that you have to read before 2021 ends so mine is um i still haven't read m in the big home by oh, jenny wow. pinto and that is definitely on my list and that's something that i really want to read before 2021 it is amazing what about you michelle okay, so yeah definitely i went blank there uh, for a second <laughs> but uh, now that i think of it i have bought uh, two books by lee child so it is you know this these fast paced thrillers right so right. i always I've always wanted to uh, read more of genre fiction because I'm I heavily I'm heavily into literary fiction. So before this year ends, I definitely want to read one of his books. Awesome, love it. My second question to the both of you again is: What is your all-time favorite character from a book, or maybe possibly your crush? Maybe if you had one. Okay, so my all-time favorite characters are very cheesy. So one love is that. From, yeah. So one is from the Princess Diaries, Mia oh, nice. from the Princess because I think I'm Mia. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a princess, but like you know, that awkward person who like becomes like has a makeover and all that stuff. Um, that and the other one is Hermione because again, like I relate to Hermione that nerdy like bushy head like person who like loves like books and you know. <laughs> me um actually you know of course uh, as time passes by our, our preferences change and all of that but one one character that comes to mind is Kathy from Never Let Me Go by Kazuo Ishiguro oh, because nice. she's i i found so many similarities with her you know it was almost like uh, you know he knew what kind of uh, you know women he's writing about so she she's this very um a little timid character she's very caring and she's such a good friend so i could relate on a lot of levels um yeah i think that character Okay, and is there like a book that you always recommend to everyone, and you think it's a book that you want everyone to read out there? Yes. So for me, it will be uh, this. But uh, you know, now that you've told me, actually, I've not recommended this enough to people. But I would love to recommend this. It is Revolutionary Road by Richard Yates. What about you, Tara? So the one that I absolutely love and also meaning to reread is Gone with the Wind. Uh, it's a timeless classic. Thousand pages long, so you I'm can. I'm yet to read it, by the way. Yeah, I've not read it. Thousand pages in tiny print, so <laughs> you can get immersed in this world and be in that world for really long. And it's just, I love it. <laughs> awesome. The next question is: uh, Do you guys have like that one book where you go like, if you don't like this book, we cannot be friends? Do you have that kind of a book? I used to. I yeah. used to have Harry Potter. Okay, until my absolute be- uh, like you know like best friend who I met in college has never read a Harry Potter, and we like get along in every <laughs> single thing. Like I speak to her every single day, and she doesn't like Harry Potter, so I've learned to let it go. <laughs> yeah, no, I I I generally don't um you know uh, like judge people based on their preferences because I also feel that's where you know very healthy discussions happen. Like I would love to know why people like some other writer. for example you know i would never try to convert somebody to read uh, my favorite book but i would always love and are you guys guilty of judging books by their cover because i do that a lot absolutely absolutely yeah like i think it's this aesthetic sense right like when you see something that you really like it maybe you're drawn to um i don't know maybe the colors maybe the shapes or designs but but i would say i never buy a book based on that but yes it does attract my attention My last question for you guys is: Is there a popular book that you maybe dislike or don't like as much as you know people generally like it? I love it. I love these controversial questions. <laughs> <laughs> I have one. I don't like Ayn Rand, so I don't like like the Fountainhead and all that stuff. Doesn't appeal to me. <laughs> oh, I love Fountainhead. <laughs> What about you, Michelle? Me, um, I would say uh, it is my year of rest and relaxation by Otessa Moshfe because I do know that a lot of people like it. But me too. I, I love it. The, yeah, I know. Even Tara's uh, favorite. So I felt that the book could have been shorter. like you know i was i was kind of uh, after a point it was it i felt quite repetitive so i would say i didn't love the book but i i definitely liked the concept and and what she tried to do 
All right. I think. Uh, have you guys read the Midnight Library? Yes, no, no. I love I that to. book. It was very, very. <laughs> it was, like, it was feel book book, for me. Feel good. Oh, you didn't <laughs> like it? Okay. <laughs> I, I think it became very preachy towards the end, like very preachy. <laughs> I can see that. I can see that, and this is why I love having these kind of discussions because everybody's like, "No, I love this book too," but I didn't like this book at all. You know, yeah. and like yeah, as Michelle said, it's like brings up so many interesting topics yeah. and Food conversations. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But you did a really good job interviewing us. You should, I really? mean, like amazing. Yeah, <laughs> thank you so get much. You I'm so happy. <laughs> you we should. didn't expect you those should. questions, but but yeah, I mean that you know your your choice of question shows what a big bookworm uh, you are. But thank you once again, and we hope that all our listeners also loved getting to know. Sophie. Thank yeah, you so much, and guys, we, and we hope to get to know more of our listeners soon as well. Yes. We hope this episode has got all of you thinking and especially about the way female characters are portrayed in books, films, music, I mean in any industry, right? Yeah, and you know, I'm sure that you and I are going to be talking about this topic for a long time. So the discussion doesn't yeah. end here for us and it shouldn't for you and for you we really want to know your thoughts about this episode. uh if you know of any other tests or tropes that you would like us to cover or anything related to this topic or even another topic actually please let us know because we are always looking out as i said for new ideas yeah and uh tara you know i can feel this adrenaline rush in me just when i'm thinking about our next episode because our next guest is uh you know padmashri winner he's won the gyanpeet award you know which is the highest literary award in india two lifetime achievement awards my god and four honorary doctorates i you know i i just i think i'm just you know i'm dreaming right now yeah i mean can you believe it he's been recognized worldwide this is an indian who's recognized worldwide for his contribution to literature 17 books more than 17 books to his credit by now i'm sure all of you would have guessed who this person could be it can only be amitabh ghosh and yeah. we got to interview him and we're going to find out about his this lifelong dedication that he has towards understanding climate change and a lot more about his life and books yeah and and he's actually covered you know climate change in a lot of his books right like hungry tide um, gun island and in the most recent the nutmeg's curse and his work has been analyzed by so many scholars so many students wow it's it's mind blowing yeah so i mean if you're an amitabh ghosh fan if you you know if you're thinking oh, i haven't ever read his book now is the time to pick it up and if you have want a starting point or just want you know a conversation with your favorite author this is going to be really really fun um and so please join us uh, next time yeah and do not forget to join our whatsapp groups as well for lots of creative conversation the links are in our show notes thank you everybody for tuning in uh, as usual we are editors we are podcasters we are storytellers and through bound we help you create stories and put them out into the world yes uh, thanks for tuning in to books and beyond we are at bound india on all social media platforms we'll be back next wednesday with amitav ghosh see you then